Radio Network. Let's get back to High Tide. It is five minutes after six. If you're thinking of heading out today, not a bad day to do it. The Sydney Enclosed Water Report for today looks this way. Northeast to winds about 10 knots, increasing to about 15 to 20 knots in the early afternoon. So as Kieran always says, go early. Winds reaching up to about 20 to 25 knots late in the afternoon and early evening. Offshore, it is northeastly to 15 to 20 knots, increasing 20 to 25 knots and looking at about 30 knots by the evening. Seas around one metre increasing, one to two metres around midday then. The swell will be south to south easterly around one metre. Overall outlook partly cloudy. I think so. And there is a strong wind warning current. Yeah, that's later on tonight. 20 to 25 during the day, 30 at night time. Had an interesting, picked up the phone just then, dialed a number, looking for Matt from Salamander Bait and Tackle. Phone picks up. Sorry, guys, to disappoint. Never disappointed. Baldrick, good morning. Yeah, good morning, fellas. How you going? Must have, must have been a good summer for Matt to have two days off in a row. Yeah, well, that's it, mate. Look, if, you, if anyone sees him down the beach fishing or anything like that, tell him I'm waiting for breakfast. <laughs> Although I can always cook up some other river prawns, nice fresh prawns, so they're they're looking uh, very tempting. <laughs> uh, you never know; he might turn up with a bacon and egg roll or something for me. He generally looks after me fairly well. But so you're optimistic? Oh, I am very optimistic. There's only one way to be, isn't it? Then yeah, like the disappointment's just so great at the end (laughs) (laughs) but uh, look weather conditions are very similar to what you were talking it's um, grey overcast but I don't believe any rain it'd be as flat as a mill pond out there this morning Um, plenty of fish off the beaches uh, lots of whiting being caught uh, brim um, and and school dewies but that, that's on the big beach, um, Beruvi, uh all the way through down there. In the bay, fishing well too. There's been some reports of some nice sand widening caught around uh, Corlette or uh, Red Patch Point, uh, Bagnalls Beach. But if you're fishing Bagnall Beach, be a little bit courteous. Uh, it is a dog beach and uh, that's where they're allowed to go off the leash. So, you know... Just, just be aware of that. Uh, um, and Salamander Bay or Corlett Point all around that area, Roy Wood Reserve, if you're looking to pump some nippers, although uh, a little bit late this morning, you'll be on a high tide at, uh, well, it's gone through at uh, 5.35, but as I said, plenty of flatty being caught in the bay, uh, some good reports of Nice brim caught around the oyster racks up around Soldiers Point. Uh, look, in general, uh, you just beat for chances. Um, you know, quite often we get guys ringing up, oh, you know, where's the best place to spot? My advice to them to fish is to come into uh, the store and have a look at the big map. You know, there's over 70 points there that you can fish around the bay. Uh, if it is windy, which it's not this morning, you can always find somewhere 
that's protected from the wind and sure to catch some fish this time of year particularly. So, but all in all, mate, it, it's, it's, it's great. It's terrific. Uh, I only wish I was out fishing. That's good. That's good. Okay. Now, are you doing any rod repairs today? Always. Always. So you Always. get your rods repaired, Grant. So when you break them out, you're a fisherman. You can get your rods repaired. <laughs> <out there. laughs> I'll tell you what, you'd be surprised what comes in, you know, like broken in half and uh, and they want it fixed. But, uh, yeah, no. I, I'd, like to, I, I'd like to hear the stories, Tony. On how they broke it, that, that, that oh, there'd be some them down, you know, break a tip, and you know, oh, can you put this back on? Yeah, that marlin uh, I was catching I mean, off you the got, beach. You know? uh, Twenty centimeters of the tip gone. <laughs> <laughs> Car doors, fans, it's yep. all sorts of good things. Oh, look, <laughs> uh, you see it all. But anyhow, um, yeah, look, most most repairs we like uh, eyelets and tips. They seem to be the main thing, or replacing guides and things like that. So, look, we can do most things, or Matt can do most things. Um, unfortunately, my eyesight's not as good as it used to be, and my fingers are not as nimble as they were. So, but I do attempt. That's good. That's yeah. Good. So, but look, all in all, the fishing's great. And as I said, if, you, if you're looking for somewhere to fish. Uh, you're best coming in store and having a look at the map by all means take a photo of it work out where you're going to go from there uh, it's it's just so easy uh, it's it's I don't know whether you guys have ever seen the map of the area uh, but you know it's it's fairly comprehensive and um, you can you can find a spot all the okay. way from uh, tea gardens out to Broughton, all those areas are all marked on the map and easy to follow. A lot okay. of people fish the channel there at tea, at tea gardens. Yes, yeah, yeah, up through the shortcut there. Yep. Lots of uh, flathead and um, uh, brim and uh, sand whiting all around that area there. But, you know, uh, it's in general around the bay is... You, uh, if you're not catching a fish, you haven't got a line in the water. Put it that way. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Duff Salamander Bait and Tackle, Salamander Way, Salamander Bay, Coles Express Service Station, 498 207 Well, look forward to uh, checking in with them next week. It's 12 minutes after 6. Coming up in a moment, Melinda Pavey. Talking sport in 2024. It's a very sad day for me and all of us. This is the last day of talking sport. Thank you, thank you very much for educating me and listeners. You're giving us so much joy and entertainment. You guys don't realise how much of a laugh you guys give us over the years. You guys do a great show and um, you keep me company on my drive home. And I can't think I speak for lots of listeners. I don't know anything too much about sport, but I just want to say to you guys, you've got the best show on the radio. So someone said, oh, you're off, and I went, oh, bugger. <laughs> It's been a tough three years for me, the hardest years of my life. But having that connection and listening to all the callers and talking to you guys on a regular basis just uh, reminds you who you are. Talking Sports returns in 2024. January 15th. Folks, look, I just want to thank you because you guys make the show. And we really look forward to seeing you back for our 21st year. And you've helped us make it to that 21st. A brilliant new year. And just remember that we're back. Talking Sports. 
Because they specialise in strata complex unit and commercial building repairs or upgrades, Network Construction Services are the remedial building specialists that you can trust and you really can trust them. They're good. So if you do need repairs or you do need refurbishments or maintenance to your strata complex or unit or commercial building, Network Construction Services are the leaders in remedial building work. Call Steve 98085673. Ready to retire? With a Host Plus pension account, you can turn your super into a tax-effective retirement income. So, whether you're focused on maximising your investments or having more certainty over your returns, Host Plus Pension has an option for you. More control over your retirement? That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. General advice only. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. Consider your circumstances in the Host Plus Pension PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au before making a decision. Search Host Plus Pension today. Today I'm talking to Glenn, who is one of Arborvitae's many happy customers. Hi, Glenn. Hello, Lee. When did you start taking Arborvitae and what for? My mild arthritis had progressively deteriorated. It was reaching the stage of me being virtually crippled. A friend of mine suggested that I try Arborvitae, so I gave it a go. What benefits have you noticed from Arborvitae? After just the first bottle, the pain went from 8 out of 10 down to a manageable 2 or 3 out of 10. Are you happy to recommend Arborvitae and what would you tell our listeners about this product. Absolutely. I've told all my friends to give it a go. The secret is to have two or three bottles till the pain subsides and check dose that you're having the correct amount. It's wonderful to hear how much of a positive impact it has had on your life. Thanks for your time, Glenn. Arborvitae is an easy-to-take daily supplement that may help manage some of the most common health disorders caused by inflammation. Arborvitae health supplements are now available at Chemist Warehouse, Australia's cheapest chemist. Arborvitae.com.au. Always read the label and follow the directions for you. News, sports, talk. 2SM 1269. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network, you're listening to High Tide. Brought to you by Blake's Marine. Check out the range at blakesmarine.com.au. Is that heavy metal, Karen? Uh, yes, I thought that the Blake's Marine part was heavy, Mill. <laughs> 15 after six. Oh, let's find out what, what the Honourable Melinda Pavey's been up to over the Christmas junior I reckon break. She, has she been wearing red and yellow? Quite possibly. Good morning, Mel. I have indeed, and uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Wonderful to be back with you all. Um, yeah, red and yellow today. We've got... Uh, We've got patrol down at uh, Hungry Head Beach, so you know you'll be safe because Warren's there, um, and as as well as myself <laughs> and the rest of the crew. Um, and we did a patrol on uh, Boxing Day as well. Oh, well done! Now, have you still got a house full? Yeah, we're running a resort, um, <laughs> <laughs> but we just don't have a tab at the end of this day. <laughs> So it's going backwards at a rate of knots. No, having it's just one of the the blessings of uh, living here in paradise um, on the mid north coast of New South Wales. That uh, yeah, get a lot of visitors, and um, we have a lot of fun. And there's a lot of food, but consequently, fellas, I haven't had time to do much fishing. We've eaten a lot of fish. Um, our, our friends have caught fish, and we've had mud crabs from the neighbours. Um, but I haven't had time to go down to the jetty myself to, to put out a line. But I was talking to some. Some boys that uh, just uh, had were, were uh, bringing their boat in off the ramp there at Yurunga yesterday, and they had a, a nice uh, a nice pool of uh, flathead and bream that they were catching in the Kalang and the Ballinger yesterday. So, 
it's just been beautiful to hear that everyone's been catching fish this Christmas holidays. It's great. It when I spoke to Port uh, to Coffs Harbour, they said the Bellingen is probably one of the better rivers to fish at the moment. Yeah, and they've also got their hot current um, festival on in February, in February the Coffs Harbour Fishing Club mm. um, that uh, they're, they're promoting on their Facebook page. So um, that's a big event coming up with some really good local sponsors like the Pier Hotel and Jeff King um, Motors. So um, that's something to keep an eye out too, a, a very popular fishing contest. Al. Yes. She's getting a bit like PJ now. Oh, his name dropping the hotel some. Yeah, <laughs> and there is a hot current at the moment too. It's up around twenty-eight degrees just off Woolai and down that coming down the coast. Yeah, well, I, and that's good for the swimmers because it's not too chilly out there in the water at the moment. <laughs> but I tell you what, we I did enjoy this week in terms of weather was we had a bloody good lot of rain, um, and you know, good to hear that the trout are up in the mountains and the dams are being filled and you know all that sort of thing. So it has been. Um, Luckily, the the, uh, the La Nina speculation by the Bureau of Meteorology hasn't come forward, so we have been getting some really nice rain around the place. That sounds good to me. And what do you got planned for the next few weeks? The next few weeks, um, decluttering the resort and, <laughs> and cleaning things up, but uh, uh, just just yeah, just enjoying this this time of year. Um, and hopefully, I'll have some time to put the line out the front. With the beach reports and that, do you um, get involved with the surf boys, the guys riding the boards? She used to. The clubbies. <laughs> the club? The club. The club. Oh, uh, well, oh. you know, there's... there's Ow. With, the, with the surfies, um, you know, they do a lot of the... They do an enormous amount in terms of saving swimmers for those that don't swim between the flags. And we know a lot of people don't swim between the flags, but um, yeah, often it's, a, it's a, the surf riders, it's a, the surfboards, um, you know, the girls and the boys on, the, on those that do a lot of the saving um, and, you know, just pull people out of rips because this is the problem. People come down and they just don't know what a rip looks like. I mean, last patrol we had, we actually had to change um, where we had the flags. We had to close the beach and move the flags, get everyone out, because a rip had, you know, for, start, was starting to form um, in the, the flagged area. It's a constantly changing and moving environment, and people have got to respect that. And where it looks really safe to go out, often it's not. And um, I think the most traumatic day that my, my kids and my husband have had, you know, I was away at Parliament, but they'd gone down to surf training. Um, and, a, and a couple of international students from Armadale had just gone out thinking it was clear there was no way um, and within minutes, you know, their lives were taken. Oh, gone. Yeah. Mel, it's a good point you bring up. A few years ago, um, Surf Life Saving New South Wales were doing a free course for surfers to teach them how to rescue people using their short boards and medium boards and their fishes. Are, are they still actively involved in that? I thought that was a great initiative because of the amount of rescues that surfers do do in the surf. Yeah, I think it is a great initiative. Um, but, you know, whether... People actually, you know, have time to do that or, you know, surfing's a very solitary sort of sport in some oh, yeah. Um And, you know, people know how to do it. I know my brother, for example, we, we got a lot, we found a, a friendship many years ago when he saved um, a, a fella from the surf. Uh, but my brother got a terrible shock when he, when he pulled him off the board as they got to the shallows and he was missing a leg. 
um, he thought a shark had kind of been involved. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was just a fellow that had that with Nappy too. Um, but that, 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 that saving of that family and that life um, has really, you know, that, 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 that was a lot of fun for our family because um, uh, we, we created a really firm friendship. But uh, I, the surfers just, they're good in the water anyway. They know how to pull somebody up. Okay, um, now, Let's go back to one situation. The rip. Now, you said the pe- the water looks good, but yet the rip was in place. So how do people know that what, what the rip is? How does the rip look? Just have a look at the foam on top of the water, what it's doing. Have a look at what the bubbles are doing. You know, that, that, that wash. Have a look at how it's heading way, heading back into the ocean. And that's that's the way I do it the most. Um, just try and read what the water is doing, and it's not easy. Um, uh, it can be tricky. But, yeah, but if if you're concerned, just have a look what people are doing around you. Go and swim between the flags, um, and you know if there's no one around, you know don't go and hop in. Um, you know, surfers often don't go out on their own. They'll go, you know, they will they want to go out when there's someone else is there. So. You know, just don't go out. It's it's not that hard. You know, just well, it's just not that hard. Knees. But people say I've travelled all this way, so I'm going to come and get wet. We have the same problem. People want to go fishing, even though the seas are dangerous. Oh, but I've just travelled for hours to get here, and I've, or I've taken a day off, so I'm still going to do it. And even rips aside, even rips aside, if you swim between the flags, you are. M- by orders of magnitude, less likely to get a fin chop. And less yeah. likely to be taken by a shark. Because there's more people <laughs> There's around. more people. The, the odds are higher. <laughs> no, but a no, fin chop, somebody hits you with a board. Oh, Our fins are very... I've, I've got scars all over my body from I fin I think we chops. should ban them. They're, they're, they're dangerous. <laughs> oh, bush bikes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the other thing to remember, if you do get caught, just try Don't not panic. to panic. Just yeah. lie on your back and think of England. Um, just just go with it you know someone will come and save you it's going to be okay as everybody else saying go with the flow (laughs) and that's more difficult than what one thinks because the moment somebody's going in a direction they don't want to go they panic yeah yeah, and don't try and go back to where you're coming from. Just maybe swim to the side, um, and you'll end up coming back in. But that's, you know, I mean, I went for a swim the other day down there, and it was, the, from one day it was perfect. There was no waves. And then the next day we had a big swell come through, and it was really, it was churned up. And, and those the waves were shore dumping, and, you know, they can really knock you around. Oh, yeah. And take that, you know, take the... the the air out of your lungs, and then you're under, and you get a bit of water. Up, you know, you take water in the wrong way. You can be, you know, suddenly in trouble. So, it might sound okay just to lie back uh, and just go with the flow, but sometimes those waves can be, you know, really gnarly and, uh, you know, quite aggressive at you, and 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 can, you know, take the the wind out of your sails, so to speak. And the okay. thing is, you, if you sit at home on your lounge and you hold your breath and time yourself. 
right? When when people you know get picked up by a wave and, and dumped by a wave, and they come up and they, you see them panicking for air, you've been under for three seconds. Yeah. You've been a, sit and count how long, just in a relaxed state, I think that you can hold your breath. They exhale when they get dumped all of a sudden. Type of still thing. Still hold your breath. I oh, know. Still hold your breath. You know, just. Get an idea of what you're, you're capable of doing before you jump in, in the water. Risk mitigation, Blakey. Risk mitigation. Jeez, that's big for this time of the morning. Okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm right, aren't I, Mel? You, you, Absolutely. You, you think um, you're being held under for a long time. You're not, actually. Yeah, but you've got your physical exertion and you need to take more breaths when you're... When you're when you're out exercising, and yeah, it can, you can just panic. I, I, I see how and why it happens, but try not to. Um, you know, be with other people, be sensible, and uh, try and read the top of the water and where the foam's going, and you'll be able to see where the rips are. Good advice. Okay, okay Mel, thank you very much for your time this morning. I look forward to catching up on a regular basis with you for the whole of 24. Excellent. All right. Okay, thanks. Bye. The Honourable Melinda Pavey. She's a good girl. Oh, yeah. Just thinking while she was chatting, um, I was out surfing at Bagola one day. It was pretty big. And I had the, the, the one thing surfers hate, leg rope snap. Yeah. Right? So the, the surf's big. I'm out probably above my pay grade. Leg rope snaps. In goes the board. And I'm left alone. So I was down near a rip. So I swam uh, to, to the north of... Uh, or further north up the beach, so I was out of the rip. And I started swimming in, and the two patrollies saw me, and they walked up, and they were sitting in front of me as if to say, well, do you want us to come out? And I'm thinking, I don't know if I could deal with the embarrassment factor. I'll keep going. It took me, honestly, it took me 20 minutes to swim in. It was it was a tough swim in. They would have been giggling. They were, they were laughing their heads off. I was laughing too, right? I was getting... Absolutely pounded by these waves, and we all had a bit of a chat when I got out. And they walked back up the beach, and I sat down for twenty-five minutes to try and get my breath back. It was terrible. I tell you what, though, the the drone situation. I think they use the drones. Drones are very good, very good. Great waves, not only helping them pick out um, where the rips are, but also keep an eye out for sharks and things like that. And they can fly over you and they can tell straight away if you're in trouble. It's a great eagle-eyes way of keeping up to date with what's going on. Our volunteer surf lifesavers love them. And they do a great job. Too, they certainly do. We'll take a quick break. It is 27. Come back with Peter six. Sayer. We'll come back with Peter Sayer. Can't wait. You'll see more of Australia in less time when you travel by plane with Outback by Air. In a fraction of the time it would take you by road, Outback by Air will fly you to destinations you'll never forget and you'll probably never see again. What you will cover in a week on Outback by Air, all-inclusive tour, would take you up to a month or more to do in a motor car. Check the packages and destinations available at outbackbyair.com.au or you can phone 1300-310-503. Are you building a new home? Well, there's a more affordable way with a PAL kit home. Australia's most experienced and trusted kit home supplier for more than 50 years. You can become an owner builder and manage the building of your own home. PAL guarantee that you can do it even without prior building experience. Find out how you can build 
your very own home. Go to PAL, that's P-A-A-L, kithomes.com.au or you can phone them on 1-800-024-912. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. They make Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers, which offer protection like no other. So you can get out and about knowing that the interior is protected from spills, mud, sand, dogs, even messy family members. Razorback 4x4 have the strongest, most comfy seat covers this side of the black stump and they're customizable with free shipping Australia-wide. Head to Razorback4x4.com.au and grab some for your four-wheel drive today. That's Razorback4x4.com.au. Peters of Kensington's Bridal Registry Service has been the first choice for couples for nearly 40 years. Peters offers an Australian-wide registry service, not just for weddings, but for any occasion. With their legendary customer service, years of experience and huge range, finding that perfect gift for your big day couldn't be easier. Visit Peters of Kensington, 57 Anzac Parade, Kensington, or organise your registry online at petersofkensington.com.au. Why in the world would you shop anywhere else but Peters of Kensington? Iconic, surprising, adaptive, award-winning. The Hyundai i30 is truly remarkable. But when it comes to its evolution as the sporty new i30 sedan featuring a sleek new design, elevated suite of tech and driver-focused interior, remarkable is just the start. The 2024 Hyundai i30 sedan. Available now from 31990 Drive Away. Visit hyundai.com.au or your local showroom. For those high-rise and difficult-access painting jobs, Skyhook Painting is the answer. Instead of using costly and unsightly scaffolding, Skyhook's expert tradesmen will abseil down your building, preparing and painting the surface as they go. So if you've got a high-rise or difficult-access painting job, get in touch with Skyhook Painting. Go to skyhookpainting.com.au or phone 0449 849 949 2SM has Sydney talking on 2SM and the Super Radio Network you're listening to High Tide 29 to 7 well, let's go up north Port Douglas Peter say good morning yes good morning to the team there trust you all um, had an enjoyable Christmas and New Year drank too much ate too much but other than that very good what about you and Michelle yeah, pretty much the same, I guess. Uh, pretty much the same, apart from um, we were looking out over Port Douglas while it was bucketing rain and there wasn't much water around in the taps, but plenty on the land. I saw Michelle on the spa with the, the pot on her head so she didn't get wet. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way around it. Yeah, well, I thought I'd uh, give you a quick uh, rundown on Port Douglas itself this morning, if that's OK. Yeah, I'll go for your life, yep. Okay, so it's um, landing in uh, Cairns Airport. That's pretty much the same as what it was. It did get flooded during the, uh, the downpour, the deluge we had um, after Cyclone Jasper. Um, but that's where the, the norm stops because the normal 45-minute uh, drive to Port Douglas along the coast road is not anymore and probably won't be for a number of, number of months. There are huge landslides and some boulders there the size of small houses um, the road's been totally blocked and undermined in some areas and there's no real indication of when that's going to be ready. So instead of a 45-minute drive from um, Cairns to Port Douglas, you're now up for about two and a half hours Ooh. as you go up the uh, the range roads and uh, up to the um, Mariba, via Mariba, then past um, the coast then back down into uh, Mossman and back into Port Douglas. Oh. So it's a fair bit there. 
Then the roads to the north of Port Douglas, um, heading up towards um, uh, the Daintree. Apparently, you can get through as far as the Daintree, but that, again, is where it stops. Anything the other side of the Daintree River is either not there at all or blocked in some way. So you get as far as the punt, and that's about it, is it? And that's about it, as far as I understand, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. I, haven't, I haven't been up there myself and leaving the area for I wouldn't want having a look, but... Um, Obviously, you don't want to get in the way of some emergency services that are still operating up there. Um, many of the towns, Woodrow, Woodrow and uh, town, little townships beyond, um, have no water, no electricity, no houses and no roads. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's uh, quite devastating news for that area of the world. Oh. I guess the only good thing to come out of it is the barramundi fishing. <laughs> it's always a good sign. So there were several tonnes, I don't know how many tonnes, um, but many, many tonnes, I would say, in the Barramundi farms, which overflowed and have now flooded into the rivers. Good. Now, this is particularly good, but it's not uh, Barramundi season, is it? So it's a closed season, but there's a lot of kids out there enjoying the catch and release. <laughs> it's not good for now, people at the Barramundi farms, but... Uh, now, the only, the only other issue we're going to be faced with is the crocodile farm, also overflowed, apparently. Oh, oops. And there's uh, something like 400 extra crocodiles along the coast. And so if you are going barramundi fishing, I would suggest you don't stand knee-deep in the water while you're fishing. Yeah, and and not only that, the crocodiles can only grow to a certain length before they, you know, to be turned into food. And after that, you've got to keep them. Uh, Yeah. uh, Or release them. (laughs) So I don't know know exactly how many there are, but... uh, there's a strong rumour going around that there's 400-odd crocodiles <laughs> extra. Now, Peter, mm. how did, mm. you know, because there are a lot of land-based runoff because of these floods. How has it affected places like Low Isles and things like that? Okay. Um, I thought you were going to ask him if you just catch him with a pathonostrophy. Pat, pat, it's hard to say with new teeth in your mouth. <laughs> I could never, I could never new pair of shoes. <laughs> oh, don't do it. <laughs> um Okay, so I'm going to go against the trend of, um, of promoting tourism in Port Douglas, and I am told um, that Low Isles has suffered enormously uh, from the freshwater runoff. Um, I've been told that, uh, um, and this is again, I'm only getting this secondhand, I haven't seen it for myself. I'm told that the water out there is very green and the coral dead, along with all the giant clams and that sort of stuff, um, is also dead. Um, I'm hoping it's not because it was a yeah. beautiful little place to go to and people used to enjoy a day trip and get to experience. But um, things aren't looking very good there. Now, that green water extends out some 40 miles to the outer reef, um, which is doing quite well. And people are reporting record numbers of fish around. Um, and the coral apparently out there is not too affected. It's, there is some, obviously, that have been turned upside down and there's a bit of broken stuff lying around. But... Um, um, in, in all the outer reefs seems to be okay, is the, the news I'm getting. Now, there is a, um, a charter service also from, um, uh, from Cairns to Port Douglas where the uh, ferry runs up the coast. Now, Michelle went uh, down there yesterday, down to Cairns, on one of these boats, and she really enjoyed the trip down and noticed that the tourists were really enjoying it as it follows the coast down along Four Mile Beach and... Um, uh, or the, the scenic route down to Ken. So if you are coming to Port Douglas, it's, a, it's an alternative that you could could use. That sounds like a good idea. Nice ferry ride. <coughs> how, how long does that take, Pete? About two hours. So it's quicker than driving at the moment? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, um, no, the boats are getting long. Well, I was going to ask you that, Pete, because so much traffic 
like for tourism, comes from overseas. Two cans to go to Port Douglas. Well, one of the issues is uh, some of the booking agents have taken the bookings for for um, staying here, and this this might be international booking agents, and they don't refund. Mm. Um, now, a little while ago, or a little while last week, uh, there was no fresh water in town. Um, you had to get bottled water for drinking and have a quick dip in the pool, or your neighbour's pool or something like that, to have any sort of a, a wash. So... Um, yeah, the, the, the whole fresh water supply was cut off for some time with various reasons coming up as to why, including broken pipes, um, uh, blocked water intakes and filtration systems that weren't handling with the amount of uh, runoff from the landslides. So it was in a pretty bad way for a while. Yeah. Fortunately, um, I, I had two options. You know, we have a we have a, a bore on our property, which um, kept us up to date, and uh, we had generators running for a while there to run the bore and to run the um, fresh water and lighting around here until uh, power got reinstalled. Um, it, it basically, after the cyclone, most of the news companies left. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they're only, only using the first couple of days, and then it's old news, yeah. That's it, and and then the rain started. So after everyone flew out, the rain started and started, and kept going and going and going. Um, you know, there's, there was there was no way of getting off my property apart from driving through a creek, which wasn't running fast. I got to tell you, and uh, wasn't any any danger of being swept away or anything like that. And it was uh, uh, just a little crossing, but there was the only way out of our street, which uh, had a, a significant landslide up and off the road. So things are starting to get back to some normality um, but I think it's going to be some time um, till it really is back to what it was. Okay, interesting one. Uh, the boating side of things would be interesting because the amount of tourists that go up there, like Low Isles, for there's hundreds go out there every day on a number of charter boats and if there's oh, nothing yeah. for them to see it's uh, disastrous. Yeah. Now, there's, as far as I know there's only one operator now which is actually going out to Low Isles, the others was various reasons have decided not to um, some of which includes health reasons with people swimming in the water out there with yes. swimming dead yes. animals yeah. um, I'm not saying dead animals fish, I know they're not an animal mm-hmm. <laughs> I know Alan Z on that one Yeah. <laughs> and it also Pete I imagine it'd be a bit risky too because you'd have you know, large bits of trees and things like that so from a boat operator's point of view there'd be a higher risk as well um, yes, it's something to be very careful of. Um, some friends of ours on a, a small catamaran for power, um, check out their YouTube channel if you want. Um, uh, I will. They, they experienced um, quite a lot of floating logs and that as they moved uh, from Cairns down to um, uh, Port Dug, down to Townsville, shall I say. And um, they decided they're only going to make daylight passages uh, for that move. very reason with, with, yeah. with the amount of logs around. Um, certainly while I leave the coast here I won't be leaving at night and I'm, I am heading out to sea shortly um, we'll, we'll, we'll do a daytime passage but we'd normally leave in the late afternoon to get to the destination we're going to the, um, Which would be Lizard Island I gather? No, no we'll, um, I'm going to avoid the coastal because of the amount of runoff we'll probably ah, okay. get to um, Holmes Reef, Bougainville Reef and uh, maybe out as far as Herald's Cay Oh, Herald's Cay is a lovely spot yeah, nice spot, nice spot. Yeah, Great, that's about three hundred and ten miles east. <laughs> We're getting out, getting out a little bit offshore. Pete, can we take a quick break and come back and continue our chat? Absolutely, no problem at all. It's twenty minutes away from seven here on High Tide. <laughs> 
2SM has Sydney talking. You used to be paying $600 a quarter for electricity, now they're paying $1,200. At the bottom line, when you line up at the checkout, what you are living on, that's where it's still really hurting us. Small minorities are getting in there who have an agenda to push because we are quiet, and when I say we, I mean the majority, then we have to accept it. The minority blokes are out there jumping up and down in the street. That's why they're getting things through that they shouldn't be getting through. Summer mornings with Dave Cochran. Why don't you take your taste buds on a chocolate holiday with the irresistible chocolates from Byron Bay Chocolate Company. A local success story, the family-run factory produces spectacular chocolates to match our spectacular region. Locally sourced nuts, fruits and berries are lovingly coated in the finest chocolate to create these gourmet products that leave you wanting more. Treat yourself this holiday season. Try their world-famous Moon Macadamias. Look for the Byron Bay Chocolate Company at quality independent outlets. Recently retired and want to give back to the community? Looking to contribute to a worthwhile cause? Join View Clubs of Australia, a friendly women's network in your local community. View supports the Smith family to help Australian children in need break the cycle of poverty. Become a member today. Call 1800 805 366 or go to view.org.au. For the management of pain and inflammation associated with osteo and other mild forms of arthritis, try Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel. Always read the label, use only as directed, and if symptoms persist, see your healthcare professional. Look for Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel at pharmacies and health food stores everywhere. To find the location of your nearest Stiff Sore and Sorry stockist, go to loveoilcollection.com.au or phone Ray on 040 66 359. You can turn your wedding or other group function into a memorable special occasion at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club. Overlooking their picturesque 18th green, Twin Creeks Clubhouse is the perfect venue for any group get-together, party or celebration. Do yourself a favour and find out about having your wedding or other group function at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club. Go to twincreeksgolf.com.au or phone Twin Creeks Helpful Function Staff on 9670-8888. Nothing says Aussie summer, like an ice-cold Bundaberg ginger beer. Coupled with backyard barbecues, sunshine and your mates. Bundaberg ginger beer is a true blue brew, a quintessential classic. Craft brewed over three days using real Aussie ginger and a traditional family recipe which has been perfected over four generations. Treat yourself this summer to the great Australian brew, Bundaberg ginger beer. Listen to 2SM online, 2SMSuperNetwork.com. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network, this is High Tide. Brought to you by Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. It is 16 minutes away from 7 and we are chatting with Peter Sayer. Now, Peter, with yeah. all this uh, mud and fresh water and rubbish floating around the place, it creates another issue with the boats as well with uh, filters and impellers. Yes, that's for sure. Um, uh, we're, we're fortunately fitted with uh, strainers, as would all the outboards, all the outboards. Um, but uh, yeah, impellers are going to get extra wear. The one that really done trouble to us years back was the um, uh, volcanic eruptions that put a lot of um, a lot of ash into yes. the water. Yeah, ash and um, and that's uh, so corrosive. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that was um, that was a major issue because they were just the right size pellets to block all those core strainers. <laughs> no, just the right size. The, the pumice is the word I was trying to find there. Pumice, yeah. I remember yeah. a couple of years ago uh, when they had those big floods in Brisbane and uh, Paul Burt was up there with his boat helping out and they were going through a set of impellers every 24 hours. Yeah. Just purely yeah. from the amount of silt in the water yeah. and it was that abrasive that was chewing the impellers out. Hmm. Here's one, Alan. I don't know the answer to this. Does anyone make an impeller back on an outboard that can be changed without pulling the leg off? Uh, yes. Little two horsepowers, which you'd have on the back, I think, your little three horsepower in the back. The impeller's on the back, you take the prop off, and it's inside a plate there on the back of the gearbox. Hmm. Yeah, that's the only one. None of them actually put it up near the, um, like further up near the engine. They actually lean over the back of the boat and say, all right, we've done the impeller here, let's change it again. Well, you can't because it needs to be underwater because they're not self priming. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So, so the, for those who don't know, the impeller on an outboard is a neoprene in, in normally a, a plastic or a stainless steel liner uh, or a stainless steel housing. But they're, they're a twin pump because you normally have positive displacement pumps and centrifugal pumps. The outboard impeller actually starts off as a positive displacement pump at low speed and becomes a centrifugal pump when the revs get faster. Correct. There you go. I didn't actually know that. Well, it does. When you put it in there, <laughs> you, you've actually got the to... That's right. You've got to force it in. But once it goes faster, the blades lay back and don't actually touch the sides. He's quite clever, this, Alan. I keep telling you, you should do a radio program. <laughs> maybe maybe, the, maybe you should start up a room business of some sort. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> What you're saying, Alan, there makes a whole lot of sense. But I never actually looked at it that way because most most my impellers are about three inches in diameter and about three inches long. <laughs> That's right. But they still do the yeah. same thing when they get up to a faster rev uh, that the blades actually lay back and it then becomes a centrifugal pump. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. There you go. So, there you go. Something for nothing. But yeah, there's no way they yeah. could do it. I don't think without. Uh, you, you could possibly do it, but the cost factor would get away, and then you'd have people trying to get over the back of their boat to change an impeller and have all sorts of problems. You probably wouldn't know how to, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I guess it's a proven system. Yeah, but um, travelling up and down the coast here, um, if, if anyone's deciding to do so, um, even the anchorages behind a lot of the caves, the caves have all changed shape up here. Um, so if we perhaps had a, an anchorage before, and thought, oh, I'll go back in my paper, mm. it's likely to look very different. No, Grant's just playing with music. I just tried to come out of delay and I pushed the wrong button. He gets like that. Wait till he plays a bit of heavy metal. Heavy metal. I was actually just about to come out of delay and I pushed the wrong button by mistake. Apologies. Ah, there you go. We'll give you you this time around. Peter, have you got any big trips planned later on the year? Um, and we're still discussing. Michelle's keen to go back to the Solomon Islands again because we don't think we covered enough of that to do too much. Um, I'm keen to um, also um, perhaps, here's a big perhaps, um, and look at a book for cruising between Bundaberg and Cairns using the Outer Barrier Reef. Oh, yeah, okay. Ooh. That'd be nice. Hmm, because yeah. it's, it, lots, of, lots of people do the coastal run, but there's not many people do the outer reef and go up along the edge of the, um, the Great Barrier Reef, which offers great diving and snorkelling and fishing and that sort of stuff. That's just mm. a thought. Yeah. That sounds like fun. We might somehow work out which one we're going to do. Um, <laughs> so, it's one of those discussions we often have. We sit down the green and we go, well, we could go this way, we go that way. But yeah. one thing's for sure, we'll have an adventure of some sort. So you're going to the um, Solomon Islands, right? Oh, no, no, I might do. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thought was, if we 
if we work our, our way down the coast as far as Bundaberg or something like that in order to pick up the um, uh, the islands out of that area down the Capricorn Bunker Group, and then it's not a bad jumping off place to go to New Caledonia, then then right. Vanuatu right. and in, into the Solomon Islands that way. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So I've got a few. We're just playing with ideas. What I do wish is, and I know there's one about to be or about to construction to build, is a good marina um, in that area. When I say that area, the area of uh, uh, Vanuatu and the Solomon Islands, um, where we could actually leave the Phoenix and then use that as a base. Get a lot, nice. You get a lot of hurricanes or hurricanes come through there. Through, certainly through Vanuatu you do, but um, and up in the Solomons, um, it's a breeding ground for the cyclones, but when they start to form up there, they mm. very rarely get anything more than about 30 or 40 knots. Then they, they start to, to move south from there. They move uh, out and come across and say, thank you very much, we'll build on our way. Yes, they build the way. And, of course, it's not too far to escape to the north, and then you're up in the northern hemisphere in the doldrums. Um that's only 200 mile up or 300 mile up, something like that. So it's it's a good jumping off area to go and. Oh, it won't be long. Our Winchester, uh, with his new smile, may be wanting to take one of those sort of trips. What do you think, Al? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, Win- possibly. Winchester. Yeah. yeah. Now, Pete, speaking of cyclones and things like that, for people who are looking at getting into boating. Insurance is an issue when there's cyclones or named events around. Not isn't so it? much an issue; you just don't have it. Well, no, but if, if you're going to leave a boat somewhere, <laughs> yeah, true, that's cyclone true. prone, you've got to advise your insurance company, and there's all sorts of catches involved in that. As far as as soon as something gets a named event, your insurance is basically dropped. That is in keeping with the way the cars are registered as well. If you leave yep. your, if you don't garage, if you say yes, I put it in the garage. If you don't garage it. And it's stolen or it's interfered with, that jeopardises your insurance as well. Does it? Yeah. And very. Have, I noticed. He's got thought, enough of them, you should know. Well, yeah. he's got a fleet. I don't have <laughs> I, a BMW. Um, yeah. I thought <coughs> living, at, living at North Mead was reasonably safe, right? But when I went to Kellyville, my insurance dropped by 20 odd percent. Right, they said because Northmead was with in the ten calais of okay. Parramatta. So okay. outside Kieran's uh, box Volkswagen, Pete, what's it like with the boat with insurance in in cyclones? Okay, so um, as I say, as Alan's saying, there a named event causes you trouble. Now a lot of insurance won't company won't cover you at all. Now cruising yachts regularly head south down to Bundaberg, which gets you below the Tropic of Capricorn, and therefore um, they're meant to be cyclone free. Um, but now I've uh, heard of some insurance companies have said you have to be south of Coffs Harbour. Yeah, oh, I, wow. Yeah. The... <laughs> um, now that's it. But what concerns me with that is if you look at the violent storms which Brisbane's been having, yeah, the violent storms which Sydney's been having, um, I, I think there's little doubt that we are experiencing weather changes and whether it's global warming or what's driving it, I'm not going to enter into. But um, those areas to me are just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than we are up here in the north. Um, One thing we definitely do is um, we have to have a cyclone contingency plan which we submit to the insurance company because we we are covered in this area, um, which is not cheap, I've got to tell you. <coughs> As an example, our, our excess is twenty thousand uh, dollars during, during a named event. Yeah, that's right. Mm, yeah. During, during a named event, um, and there's other other deductibles that come off that as well. Um, so, 
basically um, my cyclone contingency plan says um, avoid if you can. So if we'd seen one which was coming further south, we knew which track it was going to be, and if we're out at sea, we couldn't we wouldn't come back into a cyclone in order to get to a port. We'd probably stay at sea or go to another port or even another country. Um, depending where we're operating. Um, but then we say we follow the direction of the harbour master. Now, the harbour master would say, as in Port Douglas or Cairns, um, that you must evacuate the marina. The marina's not um, not cyclone-rated. Closed and, off. And um, we head up up the creek into the mangroves and we tie off in the mangroves, of, of which you, you might have seen the, the photos that I've had on Facebook for doing that. Um, but then you come to another problem. If you're a cruising yacht and you haven't got the local knowledge, where do you go? And yeah. all you can do is call up and get a, bit, a little bit of local knowledge or go into a port and hope that that port's going to be suitable. And also, um, one of the issues I struck at uh, one stage when I was up further north, um, I was about uh, 200 miles from, Cape, uh, from um, Cape York there, and I was looking for a river to go up into. And the river mouths were quite shallow, and there was a lot of crocodiles around as we went up there in the, the smaller boat. Um, but then I thought, this could become landlocked um, if a uh, big sea was to build up and change the river mouth. Uh, so that got quite concerning for us as well. So we decided on, on that occasion we are going to just pack up and uh, we went up into Thursday Island and um, that area, which was um, about a, well, we'd gone around about 400 miles further north than what we, we'd planned to be. Uh, it was a commercial job we were doing. It was our only way of escaping, really. <clears throat> so... Uh, well, that's all right, Pete, to do that. But then again, people could be faced with not enough fuel on board to cover such a, a, a deviation of, of going like that. So, so one of the problems yachts uh, also run into is usually the time before a cyclone approaches is calm. <laughs> now, yeah, not enough fuel. If you've got all those sails and nothing to fill them up with, you need more and more fuel in your fuel tanks. And if you start to get north of Cooktown, fuel is there is no fuel until you get 500 miles further north up into Torres Strait. And there's there's not too many boats around that uh, can do 500 miles of fuel. Um, I'm fortunate we can do about three, three to four thousand miles. Um, without having to refuel. Does the mothership, the old Leichhardt and things like that, still run around up there for the for the fishermen? Um, yeah, there are some some uh, boats that will drop fuel off. They often fuel up the prawn fleet and that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, and so they'll, they'll come out of cans and barges and they'll pull into different uh, islands and things and uh, locate fuel. So there is there is some ships that get up that way. So if you found yourself up, up there and no fuel to get back or anything, you could probably pick up some fuel from yeah. the barges of uh, Sea Swift that um, do the run between Cairns and, um, and uh, Thursday Island. Yep. It just, that just gives you a bit of an idea how yeah. remote it gets this end of the world. Yes. Um, there's not much up north of us. Well, go back to the stage when you used to run everything out to Willis Island. We've got to go <laughs> by the looks of things. Smooth. Yes. <laughs> I noticed, uh, you know, he's flapping his arms everywhere. We're about to take off in a, a 320 bus or whatever. He's got his finger on the button. You're on the Peter, bus. thank you very much for your time this morning. It's always informative. Anytime. I'd love, love to have the conversation. Okay, thanks, Pete. Peter Sayer from up at Port Douglas. If you are up that way, it's definitely worth catching up with. Well, it's it, that time of day. So good to listen to. I yes. love listening yeah. to him. Yeah. Always learn something every single time. Out. Okay, quickly, the weather 
today is going to change? Yeah, it's going to build up. So if you're not out already, if you're not offshore already, you'd want to think think hard about it. It's going to come. The big stuff's going to come later, though. Head north so you can come back with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the boating advice, and uh, that goes for fishing too. If you're going to fish today, fish up till about lunchtime, and then head back inshore. Don't forget, please keep your eye on the sky. Safe boating, everyone. Look forward to your company next weekend. Hoping for that red fin. One pound to put in Mama's fridge Where the wobbler and the dragonfly Knew us like they knew the river bend But as sure as yabbies bite your toes This boyhood story had to end